On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we're bringing the Super League to Chicago. Would our teams make the Super League that took the news by storm in the European soccer world? Plus, Jim McMahon's comments on saying that the Bears are the place where quarterbacks go to die. Agree, disagree, or is it just what we're used to for the last million years? All that and more in episode 52, now. Welcome in to episode 52 of the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast with your fine host here, myself, Dan Collins. You can find on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. My fine, lovely co-host, Joey Gelman, who you can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. You can find the show on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. And as always, we are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. Joey teased it. We're going to get right to it. Super League, Super League fiasco. I'll be completely transparent with all the listeners. We were talking about some topics with the show, how we, what kind of direction we want to take it. And as soon as you even texted the words Super League, I was all for it. Obviously, you know, it's it's European soccer related. The big wigs over there, the powers that be at the main clubs, wanted, attempted. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. It looks like it will very much fall through thanks to the very rapid very rapid reception that it got negative reception we should say but i thought it would be neat to kind of one discuss it and then two link it um with with the chicago based chicago sports theme here uh which we'll definitely do shortly uh first we're going to get to that and a quick reminder joey i don't know if you know this if you're listening to the show today publishing day we are recording it the day prior which is the anniversary of the Philip Umber perfect game. There you Joey. go. So we were just talking about this last show about the no hitters and the perfect games over there on the south side of Chicago, almost becoming just a, a, a thing of just normal. It's just uh, just a normal occurrence there now with back to back years having no hitters. But yes, we are recording this uh, obviously the day before you're able to listen to it, uh, which is the anniversary of the Philip Umber perfect game. So obviously, just want to note that very cool. It's almost like. It's almost like we could have done this show like a week ago and started talking um, – or we should have waited, I guess, I should say, to recap the no-hitter and whatnot. Either way, we'll get right to it. I kind of am one of the very few – and I almost feel guilty, Joey. I, I feel guilty saying this. I think I was one of the very few fans – and I would consider myself a footy fan, especially of European soccer, football, as I should say um, – I, I think I was one of the ones that was intrigued in a positive way by the Super League. Now, if you're any kind of hardcore fan or even a middle-of-the-road fan, you probably hated, barfed, or disgusted at the idea of it simply for the main fact that tradition-wise and whatnot, like that's just not what the world of football is about in Europe, right? It's all about you get punished if you lose, and you get much success, you, you get much recognition, you get much reward if you win. I really wish like it was like that in American sports with like the whole draft system and things like that. But that's a different that's a that's a different podcast. Maybe that's episode sixty or seventy down the road. But I think I was one of the few that was intrigued by it in a positive way. And I guess I'm just I. I, I I apologize ahead of time, Joey, for not knowing your exact level of fandom when it comes to soccer, whether it be here nationally or internationally. But I am curious your thoughts on it when you when you dive, you know, a little into it. What your initial reaction was to to said Super League, Superliga, maybe we should call it. <laughs> 
Well, I first thought that all these teams, these 12 teams, would be leaving their domestic playing schedule and then mm. only creating something for themselves in this league. So that's yeah. where I was negative, misinformed yeah. and negative about it. Um, but, but the way it, it would stand where this would be in addition to those uh, domestic games and, and everything else in between that... It's an interesting proposal. I mean, it's 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 literally the the top twelve teams real saying we want to make all the money and people are going to watch us and this is going to be the best <laughs> best tournament in the world because it's everyone from around the world, at least Europe, coming to play in this in, in the top yeah. tier league. So I think it's really really interesting, um, but I guess I I, I and you and. I'm not the, you know, biggest soccer follower. I mean, I appreciate the game and I, I keep sure. tabs on it. But I, I, I guess, you know, teams qualify for, you know, UEFA and you have the Wave Champions League and all of that. What's the difference? Like, I know it's a competition. Right. Excuse me. It's it, it's a competitor. It's okay. You have the top 12 teams in this thing that would probably also be in the Champions League, which is why it butted heads with everyone. But... I mean, the fact that, like, Boris Johnson came out, the prime minister of, of, of England, and was like, we're making legislation in the in the House of the Lords to slam this down. It's like, holy crap, like, this thing's a a, a big deal. And, it, and it, was, it was just fascinating. It was literally like, the, I mean, there's going to be a 30 for 30 on it. It's going to be amazing if it does fail. Because the frenzy that it became for, what was it, two days, three days, and that's it? It was wild. So, something along those lines, yeah. And it's funny because it, it, it's just so weird how I'm just so back and forth on whether or not I like this or not. I literally just said two minutes ago I was – I did say I was intrigued. I didn't say, say I was right behind it. But you're, you're halfway – you're almost absolutely right. You're kind of right where it's funny because literally that's what the Champions League is except – two major things one the champions league isn't just 12 teams right it isn't just a dozen very stellar powerhouses you know doing doing a tournament and then calling it a day meaning revenue share right which is this was all basically about right it's all about profits and making money and that's a ton of money to be made when you're talking just 12 powerhouse clubs having a tournament and being able to distribute all the wealth just among the dozen. Um, I mean, because you look at the Champions League the league this year with 32 teams. So you're talking like you don't get no, you know, there's no Olympiacos or Ajax, you know, in, in this Super League. Maybe 10 years ago or, you know, 20 years ago you would have had a team like Ajax or something. But that's just the thing is like the best way to look at it, and I actually saw this in a, in a Twitter comment the other day, is it's like if you had – the NCAA tournament, but it was only like, you know, the top 16 teams in college basketball, period. Like it was like a top 16 tournament instead of having, you know. So the college the football playoff. Kind of, yeah, in a <laughs> sense. No, you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, in a sense, that's kind of what it would be. Um, although, you know, football and everything just being a, a one and done and in and out, totally different animal. But, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it would be is, you know, you wouldn't have like the Oral Roberts or things of that nature in that type of a tournament, which that's just where it's like, come on, it's like you said, it's just a like greedy. Like we already have this. It's not like 
we, we have this. We have these powerhouses that continually, year after year, do face each other. It, you know, if, if they stay up to that powerhouse mentality, which like the Real Madrids, the Barcelonas, for the most part, the Manchester Uniteds, which the, the team I support, but like it's not like they're necessarily in the Champions League every year. But still, like the the, the creme to the creme, yes. Um, and still, the other ones obviously in contention the majority of the time to you know flirting with it at the end of the season to be top four in the league, or, you know whatever the um, standards are in terms of making it. So, yeah, I mean it's it's nuts in terms of like just what European football is, right? Like if you look at it like from like an American sports fan standpoint, it's almost not as wild as a concept. And the thing with me here is from a sports standpoint and just from a owners kind of having a lot of leverage standpoint is I think the sad reality is no matter how many pissed off fans there were former players, analysts, supporters of European soccer, of European football, I should say the sad reality is still would have watched, right? Like if the super league were to have happened, you still would have got plenty of viewers, plenty of sponsorships, there would have been plenty of eyes on it. Um, I, I think the thing that really said, oh, no, 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 I think it was less the fans, you know, throwing a very, very big message out there, you know, to the to, to the owners of these clubs saying, heck no. And I think it was more like literally UEFA and FIFA stepping in and being like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you're out of here. Like, there's no Champions League for you if, like, you decide you want to do this whole Super League thing. Like, no, th- there'll be none of that, which – Imagine how much UEFA would suffer from that if it really got that far. If you don't have Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man City, Liverpool in the in the in the, in the Champions League, so that would have been a whole fiasco. But I think that's mostly what stopped it. Um, but but very interesting concept. And I guess the scariest thing about it is like I, I don't know why I just don't like the idea of twelve really rich owners getting together. And hey, kudos to them for having a good make money idea. Like hey, that that's what they do. You know, they're billionaires. Like it, what they do is figure out ways like to make tons of money. Um, but yeah, I guess it just bothers me a little bit that that's what they did. They, it's kind of really sneaky and things like that. Obviously didn't seem like coaches knew managers knew players knew. It's like, wow, like it literally, at least the way they made it seem that the majority of it was literally just amongst themselves, you know, the, the ownership groups and, that right there was just a little uh, little interesting. It, it's kind of funny. Somebody was telling me, like, man, you think it, it's really weird when you start, like, siding with FIFA and UEFA in terms of ethics, right? Like, that, that's when it gets a little weird. And that's exactly, I think, what a lot of uh, footy fans did th- this past week. Yeah, it, it was fascinating. And I think you, when you brought the point about looking at it from, from an American perspective, and yeah. it's kind of funny because I always have a difficult time understanding how uh, qualifications and things for for European soccer work just because it's not in my American brain of you know yes the the there are domestic cups and you win your 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 league and the domestic cup and other cups throughout the year and it's all and, it, and it's very confusing to me versus in the American sports you play a regular season and yeah. you have a tournament at the end this setup of the UEFA Champions League fits my american brain in that regard mm, it's interesting it's you you know you play the year domestically you win your your cups you win your you could win the premier league whatever you want to do la liga and then you qualify for the champions league and then you play in that and that makes sense in my brain so when all this kind of came down it was just like it's it's messing with 
you know, the system that actually I understand <laughs> because yeah. it's it's taking you know, the opportunity away from those teams that maybe never had a shot suddenly get hot when they're win their domestic cups and win their when when their league title and then qualify to get in. And I think that's what people were so frustrated about is it it took away the importance of the quote unquote regular season. And it's yeah. funny because sorry I'm going all over the map, but it's funny okay. because here the regular season is getting less and less important for many of our sports besides football because yeah. people kind of wait for the playoffs for baseball and hockey and basketball and and it's just funny that in this regard you know it was the fans that said no like our regular season our rivalries our domestic tournaments they're important and they matter and this system works for us and how we qualify yeah. our teams and to take that away is just kind of it, it it was greedy, like you said, and 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 I get the specter of it, but these most of these teams play each other all the time in the current system. So taking a a, a super league and doing it, it 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 makes it like the invitational again. That's why I said college football. It's not yeah. It you know n- nobody else has a chance. So while yeah, maybe high quality and high caliber, it muddies the. The waters again for what you would as a fan determine is your championship. Because like Illinois could win the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl, but that's great. <laughs> but they're not yeah. in the college football playoff. Yeah. So they doesn't resonate. And it'd be the same with this. Like I my team could not really have a real shot at being in the Super League. So then what's the real championship? Is it my domestic tournaments? Is it my league title? Is it the UEFA Champions League? Is it, if it's the Champions Cup, is it the World Cup? I mean, it's like you have to like choose which one you want as a fan. So it it was just crazy and fun to watch. And it was like supposed to rock the sports world and then literally yeah. fizzled. It was wild. But my one, sorry, my last point is will be interesting to see is, I heard this today, but there are a couple owners, as you know, that own NFL teams. As well as yes. European soccer teams, and I wonder if this was kind of the trial balloon of like, could we get away with this? Could we do this? What how can it, and how can it translate <laughs> to sports here, to where you take the top ten basketball teams in the NBA and go play and disregard the that's the, the rest, playoffs, though, right? You know, like I, I think that's what they were trying to do. The, the thing is, and. You you have to catch up to pace on on European European football, my friend. I think you will love it because the easiest way to look at it, besides like the little side cups they also do domestically, is if you're a good enough team, like if you are a top four, top two, top three team, whatever. Let's say top four. If you're a top four team in your domestic league, yes, you are trying to win your domestic title, which is fantastic. I mean, that's still effing amazing, but. If you finish top, say like Premier League, if you finish top four, then the next season you're playing in the Champions League, which is literally just a playoff because that's playoff format. Champions League is playoff format. Right. Domestic League is literally just like regular season format. But at the end of the day, it's like it's like if hockey just did a regular season and the team with the most points, like domestically, like they win the Stanley Cup. There's not even a Stanley Cup playoff. Um, if hockey, like say, was big enough around the world, I mean, that's exactly right. like if there's enough teams in other countries that can literally contend with like American style hockey, um, then that's literally what you would have. You would have, you know, a 
USA hockey here, the, the NHL. I mean, I guess it would be a little different with the whole Canadian teams and things like that, but it would, it would be domestically. It would just end. The, the, the team with the most points wins the domestic league. Then you would still have, say, like a Stanley Cup playoff thing, but that would be then the Champions League, which is really cool because, like, I, I think the biggest, the biggest, like, beef, for lack of a better way of putting it, that American sports fans have, let's say, like, the domestic style of let's just say like the the like the, the Premier League in England is wait a minute you can win the Premier League you can win the championship but there's no playoffs and it's like well that's that's kind of the beauty of it because if your team is good enough if your team is good enough to win the Premier League they will go to a playoff but like it's funny I'm going to use this term it's like a super playoff because it's the best teams in Europe facing off and that's just like the culture of soccer the history of soccer and I think that it, it really only works there for two main reasons. One, because UEFA, you know, just Europe alone, they can make it work. Just do like the size, you know what I mean? Like you're talking like the size and like the just the the proximity of these places. Where like America, huge, gigantic, and not only that, the of the four major sports we play, like who's going to compete with America in any of them? Basketball, football, like internationally, right? Like. None of them. I mean, maybe hockey would maybe maybe would be a little interesting if you know there was still. I would say maybe baseball too. Maybe, yeah, for sure. Um, but it's also just like proximity wise too. Like UEFA works because it's Europe, and that's where all those European countries are. Um, so so it just works, and it would be it'd be a whole lot different. Like if America tried to do something with just American teams, right? Like there's almost no point. Like you might as well just have the regular season gets you into the playoffs because like. It just makes the most sense. Like it's just it's just American teams against American teams. But either way, that puts us. Speaking of American teams and Super League style, we pose we pose the question of would any of the Chicago sports teams? We can look at it from a baseball standpoint, um, or hell, even 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 basketball, football, if you wanted to. Chicago Bears in the Super League can't even make the Super Bowl. But would any, I guess, of the Chicago sports teams be in a Super League? You know. <laughs> Based on history and city size and impact and importance on the sport, you would argue yes. But based on current iteration of the team and talent, I can't see any of them being invited except the White Sox. Because the Bears are are, are the history, historic franchise, all the stuff, charter, whatever, but they're really not good anymore right now. The Bulls aren't there yet. The Hawks... Depends on the year. I mean, they maybe because of their ten-year cup run, they would may would make it off of that. Um, the the Cubs are a maybe, and the White Sox are the big guarantee for me in there. But it's it's tough when when you know how this kind of shakes out every year, who the top teams are across each sport, and it's not coming from Chicago, unfortunately. You know that's interesting because I was almost going to say the opposite in terms of just knowing what what top you know what teams are going to be at the top every year uh, i mean that's gotten a little bit like that like it happens like almost like by decade by decade with like the nba right like you know like oh in the in the 80s you have like you know celtics lakers in the 90s you have bulls and whoever else wants to come out of who wants to come out of the western conference and um you know golden state lebron it's, it's then it's like golden state and whoever lebron james faces the next decade but the thing with the european super league is it's teams that unfortunately like they're just not going away like for decades they've been 
a top five team to reckon with in their league for the most part, domestic league, and then you know for the next for decades to come, there you know if you want to forecast it, they'll be a top two, top five team in their domestic league. Where it's different in American sports because there's a whole lot more of you know strict or restrictions, right? If that makes any sense, where much harsher you know salary cap penalties and salary caps to begin with, and so. You know, if we were, if it was like the type of system you have in Europe, every Chicago team, right? It would probably be like Chicago, New York, LA, and, you know, maybe Houston or something for the most part, always competing against each other because they would have the money. But just with the way things are also distributed from a revenue standpoint and everything, like, I understand, like, we have, like, you know, big market teams and small market teams still like in baseball where you know you look at the Yankees payroll and it's this and you look at the you look at the Rays payroll and it's this but it still doesn't compare to like a team like say a Manchester United and a team that is like fighting for promotion to the Premier League right like you're ta- you're at that point you're legitimately comparing apples and oranges um so I think if you did have a Super League Joey in America you would probably get in just based off tradition and where you're at, like, you're not going to leave. The McCaskies would love that. 100%. Like, you're not going like, – look at what you do with the Chicago Bears now. You still always put them on Sunday and Monday night football against the Packers or whoever it may be because they're the Chicago Bears. And for whatever reason, everybody still watches, not just in Chicago. Or, you know, you still get tons of viewers. Now, I mean, you're going to get a lot of viewers for Sunday and Monday night football anyways, but you get what I mean. So, yeah, I think just off being in the city of Chicago, you're probably going to get all your – even the Cubs. You know, I mean, you're talking probably the most – Popular, I think you could probably say the the most popular National League team internationally, right? Like just just well known in terms of around the globe. If you're speaking of the National League, it's probably the Chicago Cubs. I mean, who would fight them? The Dodgers, right? And I'm trying to think, you know. And then you're, if you want to go over the AL, sure, like the New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, but those teams would all be in it too. And probably the White Sox do squeak in, but just be, just for the pure fact that they're a Chicago team, so. Interesting to think about. I, I don't really buy the theory that it, that type of Super League structure is coming to the States, though. It, it's a funny one, and it almost reminds me of like when you see something like in a Marvel movie or in a Marvel uh, TV show, like like in an episode, like there's so many going on nowadays with the WandaVision and the and the Winter Soldier where Falcon and Winter Soldier were like, you see one thing, and then like you just take it to a whole other level of like theorizing, and it seems like that's literally what sports fans did here is they get one little snippet of information on what's going on, and then they start connecting the dots, and all of a sudden, you know, the U.S. is bringing something, you know, owners are bringing it here. You know, you got the Glazers or something bringing it here, which I just don't think is going to be the case. Yeah, but hey, power to the fans of the people. I mean, that thing got <laughs> shut down real quick. Like, normally, owners and the big money have all the power, and this thing just collapsed historically and and yeah literally it's gonna be fa- i mean that's i'm telling you this 30 for 30 on it's gonna be fascinating how this thing sneakily came about and then nope and then gone well you also without no hesitation had plenty of criticism from players from coaches like like i said for like the whole football world over there in europe was just like no like just about like like i said from the analyst standpoint, like it was, it was a you you would probably say like a reporter's dream, right? As a journalist, like how awesome would that have been to interview a player 
and just get just true straight for the most part like just reaction from them and let them know like you're not going to have them like use any player speak and like beat around the bush about maybe you know i don't know i guess that's up for the for the owners to decide like no <laughs> they just said nah this right. is, this sucks we're not doing it <laughs> so i what mean, did you think they would have had like a focus group or or like a, a conversation <laughs> with someone like okay let's talk to messi and ronaldo and a couple yeah. of people and be like hey if we did this, would this be a good idea? Like, cause everyone was like, nope. Well, I think that's another thing that made it like really shitty is like, it literally was just, you know, like this group of 12 or like this group of like, you know, 20, 30 people, you know, like this owner group that's getting together, you know, very small, probably, you know, smaller than that, even like getting together and deciding to throw that out there. So the sneakiness and everything else about it obviously doesn't, uh, doesn't make the picture, uh, look any better when you, when you look at that painted canvas, but you did mention that the McCaskies would be happy if it was Super League style. We had a former quarterback, former quarterback great, should we say, right? It's uh, besides Jim McMahon, who is it, right? Are you going all the way back to Luckman, baby? <laughs> yeah, so remind me of the quote again. Chicago is where quarterbacks go to die. Interesting. Just like so, Lucy Muhammad said, Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. Very I think, morbid. I think Musa Muhammad was way more accurate in terms of in terms of what they mean by that. I mean, I I, I think Jim McMahon. It would almost be more of a plus to the Bears if Jim McMahon was actually accurate about that. And I I get I th- I think I get what he was trying where he was trying to come at right. I think that at least what I'm assuming, like how I hear that, is that it's a place where just you know quarterbacks suck, which obviously we all know that right. But if it's a place where quarterbacks you know came to die, that would almost be more pointing the finger at like coaching and poor development and things like that which hey if mitch trubisky somehow revamps his career and you know and takes off and you know whether it be over in buffalo or wherever have you then maybe that would be we could say that's part of the problem but no it's just that it's it's where it's where gms and 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 offensive-minded head coaches potentially come to die because you just can't get any offense or pick the right quarterback um you know what i mean like that that only makes sense if you actually have talent coming in. Like, who is your talent coming in? Is it Trubisky? Is it like the Cordell Stewart's and you know, what Shane Matthews? Like, I can't Rex Grossman. Like, I can't think of any other names. Cordell like, Stewart. Wow, that's well, a. I'm just trying to think of like a promise or Jay Cutler. That's obviously. a blast from the past. That's like NFL Street. Anyways, <laughs> I guess Jake Cutler would probably Jake Cutler and Mitch Trubisky would probably be the the most appropriate names to put out there in terms of like the the type of um, you know expectation you had for them, and then the career just going to shit. Well, I mean, Mitch Trubisky obviously you know has a long way to go. Go go on ahead and write the write the next chapter chapters for yourself, Mitch. But uh, the same would be more accurate if you actually had somebody say like. Um, like if you had like a Dante Culpepper in his prime come here and just didn't pan out, or you know a Donovan McNabb come here in his prime and doesn't pan out, or you know you, you go on and on and on, you know quarterback, you know if like a Peyton Manning came here 10, 10 15 years ago, you know and didn't and didn't pan out. So I mean that would make sense, but we just don't even have enough talent for that to even hold water, right? You don't you don't you haven't had a talented enough quarterback unless you, I mean the the most talented one ever. We talk about this all the time. It's probably Jake Cutler in terms of the most talented ever, um, you know, the, the most accomplished. You know, you go, you know, Sid Luckman, and even Jim McMahon, just because of that Super Bowl '85 '86. So, I mean, you, like, I, I get it. It's funny, but I mean, it's more or less. 
you have to have the talent in order for that to really, you know, be somewhat true. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, actually. Because I agree that the Musa Muhammad one is much more accurate because you come right. here and then you can get worse because of the quarterback you have. <laughs> so I think it's interesting. I think it just was a, it was a double whammy of, hey, by the way, you know, I'm the best Bears quarterback in the last, well, one of them in the last, let's say, 50 years, and yeah. the Bears are just inept at fighting a quarterback. And, oh, by the way, the best organization I ever played for was the Packers. And that was where I think it rubbed a lot of Bears fans the wrong way. But he's not wrong. Like, yeah. I mean, one, he's not wrong, and two, I think that's more or less what he meant. Like, right. he was more or less throwing a jab at the quarterback situation. Right. And, and, and so I agree with you. I, I think it's not, it's, it's almost like you gotta go to the other side of the circle of life. It's not where they die, it's where they're not even born. Like, <laughs> like you don't even have it's where anything. They don't even get a chance. Right. You don't even have a, someone in there to screw them up. You don't even have yeah. that, like you said, that talent in the building. But it just, no matter what the specifics, the literalness of the quote, it just it speaks volumes to what it's been since he played, you yeah. know, 40 years ago of there's really just been nobody here that's been able to take the Bears over the, the top. I mean, the last two Pro Bowl quarterbacks for the Bears are Jim McMahon and Mitch Trubisky as an alternate, not even Jay Cutler because of injury and such. So it's it's. Just insult to injury of what has been going on for a long, long time. They still haven't seemed to get right, and I don't know when they will, but I gotta be an eternal optimist and hope they do, but it doesn't help when it's coming from the last guy that won you a damn Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what sucks, and we talked about this a lot in Bears season, is that you have, you know, you think of how many quarterbacks, and even even up to this point, like head coaches, uh, you know, the Bears have had within the past five plus, you know, ten years, and then the, the Tomlin extension happens, you know, in Pittsburgh about, what was that, a week or so ago, and then they're reminded that they've only had, like, what, like a handful of coaches or that was, like, three head coaches or something just crazy like that in the in, in franchise history. It's like you have franchises out there who have under five head coaches ever. You have franchises out there who have had less than five quarterbacks in the past decade. You know, you, you look at the Green Bay Packers with Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and, like, it's just silly. You look at the Patriots, right, with the long run Tom Brady had, and I don't know, like that. That's not incredibly common. I get it, but it's like, man, like some some teams just like figured it out and like really do. I mean, think about it, like for Pittsburgh, you basically have to retire, right, to 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 lose your to lose your head coaching job. But Tomlin, up to this point, still doing doing just fine, and I it, it just all. Every time you see something like that, there's just longevity at an important position, whether it be head coach or quarterback, which is more or less what we're highlighting now here. It really just stinks as a Bears fan because it's like, oh, we're, we're just going around in circles. And I think it's like this weird – I'm starting to think that it's, it's less coincidental, right? Now you got me on this whole Chicago Bears soapbox where I think – going around and around in circles with a quarterback and going around and around in circles potentially with another head coach and GM sooner or later, or who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe Nagy and Pace will be there for the next 10 years, you know, who knows, but I almost feel like in going around in circles so much, you're causing it to continue to go around and around in circles. Although, you know, you're obviously wrong if you go back to that draft and you get the and you you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, if you go back to that draft and you can have anybody else at that position at number two that the Bears traded up for, you get Patrick Mahomes, right? Like I said, if you literally have full hindsight, that's the guy you're getting. So it's like, I mean, really, if they just made the right move, but there's just so much 
just nonsense going on that I almost feel like it's causing more chaos. Like the more you add to it, the more chaos you're getting. And like it almost feels like it's only going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse worse until it finally does get better. But hopefully we're at the very end of that chaotic combustion and then you're going to finally get to that place where you want to be as a franchise. But, you know, it's it's weird. It's almost like that's like what – what the uh, what what McCaskey and Phillips almost tried giving you right like this off season <laughs> is that no that, that's exactly it we we want to we want to stop changing the tires so much because they just keep falling off so much that changing the tires often is what's causing us to change the tires often um, but yeah it's just uh, you know when those comments are going to stop when the Bears figure it out <laughs> so once again full circle that's when you'll stop hearing that that's when you'll stop to you know that, that's when you could finally stop interviewing. You know, players of that also glorious 85-86 team and getting their negative reactions on things like this is when you finally figure it out. So if from an ownership standpoint or, you know, anybody in that front office, if you don't want to hear this type of stuff, then there's only one there's only one way to solve it. Because when you finally do win, just like you learned with the Chicago Cubs in 2016, that's when you stop talking about the bad stuff. That's when you stop talking about the Bartmans and the things of that nature and you celebrate the damn thing. So until we get there. That's what we're going to get in our headlines year after year until they figure it out. You're getting close to to 40 years, man. It's a long <sighs> time. Would it be the, five years, huh? Five years would be 40 since that Super was – really? 85. Oh. Yeah, 85, 86. Yeah, we're getting close to that 2015. You just turned 30. Yeah. Do the math. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah, because I wasn't around for it. So, yeah, it's been 30. That's it, – it's – that's just nuts to think about. Like it, it really, really is. And the the sad reality of it is, is I think we hit that mark before winning another one. Because sadly, I think you're right. You know, so we have that to look forward to. That the anniversary of the last time we won one, right? Yikes. Yeah. No. I mean, I was just looking up. Like the Bears have had, like you mentioned, longevity and you know continuity. And the Bears have had six coaches since Ditka, and like. A majority of them coming from the last three years of Tressman, Fox, and Nagy, yeah. you know, or half at least. So, yeah, they they can't seem to get it right, and always uh, wrapping it up on a sour note. You know, always. We always <laughs> do. do. We always do. We can't. We can't do it. We can't have one full positive show. We can end up talking about like something fun, like ice cream or cinnamon rolls, or I'd say a vacation or where we're going. But you know, the world's still closed. But we can close it on optimism by saying that the Bears will eventually figure it out. Timetable will be disclosed later. But they will! <laughs> they will. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast. We thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gellman. The man on the other side of the Skype, Dan Collins, is at TweetDanCollins on Twitter. The show Believe in Chicago Sports is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. As always, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We'll catch you guys next week, uh, probably same time, and we'll see what the Chicago sports landscape has in store for us. Maybe a little draft preview, because I can't believe the NFL draft is, is inching up closer and closer. Will the Bears mortgage everything to save their quarterback position? We'll have to wait and see what's on Ryan Pace's mind. Until then, have an awesome rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.